Psalm 33 encourages us to sing with joy to the Lord. Would you stand to your feet this morning? Let's do that. Let's lift our voices in praise to him today. All right, let's sing it out. I was going down, thought it was for the count. Then I found your love. And I had wandered off, thought I had gone too far. There I found your love.
here and I just want to say just a great happy morning to you and awesome August Sunday morning. We're all in the, the heat of the summer yet it's really nice outside so it's great. Why don't you turn to somebody next to you and just say thanks for being here. I love you and uh, you're a big part of our church. You can go ahead and have a seat. I want to welcome you to Hopevale as well. I'm Dan Davis, senior Pastor here, great to have you for worship as we gather in this place. And as Sam said, I want to wish you a happy August as well. As a matter of fact, this Tuesday, August 8th, represents seven years in this building. It's been seven years since we, yeah, there we go. Uh, we're still paying the bills, lights are on, so that's great. Um, and it's, you know, for those of you who were here that day, uh, back in 2010, we had packed out the parking lot, we packed out both services, and quite frankly, it has been full ever since. As a matter of fact, we added 88 parking spots within the first few months because it was that crazy. And ever since then, we've been trying to think, how can we create as much room in here as possible to minister to people. So back in 2013, we went from two services to three services, hoping that would open things up. But we've learned some things along the way that it didn't. 
Actually, going from two to three didn't increase our attendance. It actually leveled off or went down a little bit. And we even gave it a little time, gave it a few years to see if that would change. But I think we've learned a few things that 1230 is just really a limited growth option, that nine o'clock, I'm not talking to you, but for others, it's just a little too early, right? And so that's true, by the way, not just in here, but also in children's, our Kid City area. Um, we're packed out at, at 1045 and at 9 o'clock we've got room. So this fall, uh, beginning Sunday, September 10th, we're going to mix things up that first Sunday after Labor Day. We're going to go to new times. You can see there 930 and 1115. 930 and 1115. And by doing this, you know, the elders and the staffs talked a lot about this, and we felt like we wanted to create two services that would be equally attractive to as many people as possible, because that's what we're trying to do, and that instead of having one full service, one medium service, and one low service, we really think like we saw back in the beginning of two services that will be equally packed that we can provide opportunity to as many people as possible come. And we think this positions us for that both in the immediate and in the long term. By the way, that change really gets us to focus not just on space issues, but also volunteer issues. It takes a lot of people for Sundays to happen around here. And that's especially true in our children's ministries area and our welcome ministries area, that if we're going to do ministry well in a personal and effective way, we need a lot of us in there together serving. So as we head into the fall and thinking on that serving side, not only are we trying to make more space, but I want to issue a challenge to those of you who call Hopewell your church home, that this fall that you would adopt a worship an hour, serve an hour mindset worship an hour, serve an hour, or maybe for you it would be serve, then worship. And maybe that's not every Sunday, but if a lot of us can get involved and we can really shore up some of these areas that, quite frankly, some are very understaffed, that if we can pull that together, I think it really positions us well as a church. So we're going to talk more about this in the weeks to come, but right now, plant the seed with you that next month, Sunday, September 10th, this is the first Sunday after Labor Day. Two services, same times, same length of service, 65, 70 minutes. None of that's changing. We're just moving our start times back uh, to 9.30 and 11.15. Looking forward to that, praying for God to work in that as well. So uh, I'm going to ask that the ushers come forward now. We're going to transition and continue in this time of worship uh, through giving and as we share our gifts to the Lord. We want to do that as a church family, as I pray. I also want to pray uh, for a camp that we're hosting this week. We are partnering with Spring Hill Camps, and we're literally going to have dozens of children on our campus this week, and we're just praying for God to work in some really powerful and mighty ways in the lives of kids who are not just from our church, but are from our community, where we're going to share the love of Christ with them. So would you bow your heads with me? Let's pray together. God, thank you that we get to walk into this place with hope and confidence. Because Jesus won. Because Jesus is the victor. Because Jesus conquered the grave. And because Jesus promised that he will come again. God, thank you that you are for us. And if you are for us, who can be against us? Some of us need to hear that message today, Lord. We come here discouraged come here feeling alone. We come here just overwhelmed by life's uncertainty. And God, may you remind us through this time of worship that you stand with us and you stand for us. 
And God, so we give you our songs, our prayers, our confession, where we failed you, and our desire and desperation to want to know you more. And so God, would you do that in this place? Would you do that through Pastor Billy's message? Would you just, you know, have your hand of power upon him as he shares uh, your word with us? God, thank you that this place you have used to reach so many through the years. And we're praying, God, even this week for the camp here that you would minister to to children in the name of Jesus and, and just really draw them closer to you. And God, that's what we're desiring, that we would draw close to you today as well. And even as we give these gifts, this is just our act of worship, our act of saying thanks, our act of saying, Lord, we love you, loving you because you, Jesus, have first loved us. We pray all this in your powerful and precious name. Amen.
We trust you to lead us, Jesus.
There is no other name that brings life and healing and wholeness and peace and joy. God, there is no other name by which every knee one day is going to bow and every tongue will confess that your name, Jesus, is Lord. Because yours is the kingdom and yours is the power and the glory forever and ever and ever. Amen. You can be seated. Hey, good morning, everybody. What a great time of worship. Man, I get so caught up in that last chorus. I'm like, ah, oh, so I'll keep singing that. <laughs> so special. Hey, uh, my name's Billy Petty. I'm your worship pastor here at Hope Vale, and uh, glad to bring the word here today. Uh, it's a special time to be able to do that. If you are just joining us uh, here around church, we're in a sermon series called More Than a Song. And it's where our pastors have picked a song, a special song to them, um, and a song that they feel led to talk about, and uh, we form a sermon around it. And it's been a pretty powerful time. Last week, uh, Pastor Steve spoke in the song Resurrecting, super powerful. About a dozen or more people said, I'd like to live for Jesus now. And like, that's, that messed me up. I've been a mess all week from it. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, so today I've chosen this song, uh, The Lord's Prayer. Uh, so uh, anybody grow up Catholic or Lutheran? Raise them high. A lot of us. A lot of us did. Um, I did not, but a lot of people did. Um, let's say the old, uh, old English version, like we say it and like we know it, like you've said it 50,000 times. We'll put it up on the screen if you need it. Here we go. Let's say it. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Nice job. That's a very holy prayer for a lot of people. All right, how many people grew up saying debts versus trespasses? How many people said trespasses? Wow, trespasses win. <laughs> All right, so... Um, so, so many of us grew up saying that. It's sort of, it, it really is imprinted on our brains, right? It's, uh, it's just we, we know it by heart. And uh, it's Scripture. It's biblical. It's the very words of Jesus himself. We typically hear the Our Father as it's re referred to, um, like in weddings and things like that. We typically don't, do, we don't, typically don't sing uh, the Lord's Prayer in church, but excuse me, <clears throat> excuse me while I, <clears throat> while, whilst I channel refined William for a moment. <clears throat> I'll give you a little taste of what it's like in a wedding. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors 
And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power. Watch, it's going to get loud. And the glory used to be a classical singer in my former life, right? <laughs> hey, if you have your Bibles with you, go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter 6. If you don't have your Bibles with you, I'd love for you to uh, download the Hopevale app on your smartphone. Um, it's free. I'd uh, love for you to uh, check that out. And uh, you can, it's, it's easy. You can click on messages and you click on message notes and it's got the Bible in, in there as well so you can follow along. That would be great. You know, as an overview type of comment about... Uh, where these verses come from, it's in Matthew 6 from Christ's Sermon on the Mount called the Beatitudes. And we're talking about prayer and how to talk to God, right? So how can you go wrong? So uh, Matthew 6 hosts uh, it, a lot of my favorite verses in the Bible. It's probably my favorite chapter in the whole Bible. Uh, Matthew 6.33, I have it tattooed right here on my arm. Um, it's my life verse. As a lot of people say, I have a verse that's most special to me. Um, so seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So put God first and everything else or will, will work itself out in the wash. Matthew 6.34 uh, says, don't worry about um, tomorrow. It's going to have enough of its own worries just to be concerned for today. And uh, it's a, it's a good, that's, that's a life verse for a lot of people. That's a great encouragement as well. So in the early verses of Matthew 6, um, we'll be focusing on uh, what's, what, what's known as the Lord's Prayer. So I'm going to read words of Jesus in verses 5 through 14 in the NIV version. I want you to follow along with me. We're going to do something a little different today. Uh, would you, uh, if you are able, would you stand in honor of the reading of the Lord's word today? Let's do that. We'll sit in a minute. So let's follow along. And when you pray, this is the words of Jesus, and when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then when your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, don't keep on babbling like the pagans do, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Don't be like them. For your Father, who knows, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Let's pray together. Now that's a lot to hear. It's encouraging and convicting like crazy all at the same time. Uh, thank you for your holy word. May it pierce our heart today. Uh, may, may standing in the light of who you are help us to see your glory and yet see how far we fall short. And may you in that same breath draw us closer and closer as we consider the things of your holiness. In Jesus' name, amen. Go ahead and have a seat, gang. Thanks. So prayer just means talking to God, right? 
That's what prayer is. There's a lot of ways to talk to God. Jesus gives us this amazing way to talk to God in Scripture uh, in Matthew 6. Uh, so clearly, Jesus saw that there were people praying uh, that were kind of corrupt. You know, he felt like a lot of people weren't getting the point, so he taught them a way to pray. Uh, this prayer is not necessarily the end-all, be-all uh, of prayers, but it, gives, it does gives a, give us a formula to follow to be able to pray, and it's, I think it's pretty awesome. Um, verses 5 through 8. We'll start breaking down these scriptures now a little bit, okay? We're going to walk through all these verses these opening verses uh, of this section on prayer here in Matthew 6 help us realize that, again, Jesus was confronting a problem of that day, and people were praying in such a way as to be lofty and to be recognized. And I love that Jesus said that they have their reward, that they are already recognized and they have what they're looking for. And I love that Jesus uh, said that God already knows uh, what we're going to say anyway. So you have to think that prayer is not so much for us, uh, for him, as it is for us to help us be obedient, right? Some may even say, then why pray at all? If he already knows what I'm going to say, why do it? Let me tell you something, gang. Prayer is powerful. It gets your heart right. It sets your perspective on point. Gets your compass right. Helps you follow the things of God. All right, verses 9 through 13, this is the Lord's Prayer. We're going to dive down deep into some of these. So one of the most frequent things I feel like people miss about the Lord's Prayer, um, you know, Jesus said this then is how you should pray, how. He never said this is what you should pray. So if you grew up, like a lot of us did, with those hands raised, reciting that over and over, you have it imprinted on your brains, and it probably became like rote. Uh, and I'm, come on, like it's Scripture, it's, that's the Bible. There is power in the words of the Bible. There really are. But, you know, I think you can lose its special meaning. It can lose its special, um, special taste, you know, that special thing about it. So, um, so if this is how we should pray, I, th I think it's probably safe to say we can break down the Lord's Prayer a little bit and see what Jesus was trying to say to help us understand how to talk to God. So uh, if we break it down, I think it's pretty simple. The Lord's Prayer is three responses and three requests. It's like two different things, three responses of worship and three requests. People break it down a lot of other ways, but that's just the way it makes most sense to me. I'm going to zip through these pretty quickly so you don't have to write them down if you're a writer because we'll, we'll come back and go through them a, a lot slower. But number one, the first response is our Father uh, who art in heaven. The second response is hallowed be thy name. And the third response is thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Request number one is give us this day our daily bread. Request number two is, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And the third request is, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So uh, you've probably heard this from me before, but when you're a kid, some older person in your life, when somebody does something nice for you, they look at you and they say, what do you say? And you say, thank you. Right? That's a great way, I think, to approach your worship and prayer life. I think uh, you can start off with thanks and praise and worship, and I think that's kind of what leads us into the beginning of the Lord's Prayer is thanks and praise and, uh, and worship and things like that. So let's break down these, some, of these, some of these responses and requests. So response number one, uh, our Father who art in heaven, I believe that's an acknowledgement. So we're saying, um, we're saying God, I, I know who you are and I know what you've done, and that could probably stop us in prayer right there, gang. You know, it probably could just to be in awe of the things of God. I think it should bring us to a place of deep respect. You know, the Bible talks about how we should fear God, and when I say fear, I mean respect. So Psalm 111.10 says that the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. The respect of God 
is the beginning of wisdom. This kind of fear is more about respect. You know, there was a medieval scriptural commentator named Rashi who believed that, you know, saying or, or writing the name of God, that you, that you shouldn't even do it. You should just respect God so much you shouldn't even say it. And it's a more modern-day Orthodox Jew practice to um, not even, they don't, when they spell God, they spell it G slash D. They don't even spell G-O-D because of their respect for God. There's something to be said for that kind of respect, right? I, I think... I think we could all stand to respect God a little more in a deep, deep way like that. God is our Father, and yet at the same time, He is approachable. Um, but He's very, very different than we are, and He's in heaven. So it goes on to say, who art in heaven, right? So here uh, we're acknowledging where He is. said who He is, now it's where He is. There's several scriptures that talk about how God is in heaven and on His throne. I'll just read a few. Psalm 11:4 says, The Lord is in His holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. Isaiah 6, 1 says, I saw the Lord seated on the throne, exalted. Psalm 115, 3 says, But our God is in heaven, is in the heavens. He does whatever He pleases. So we acknowledge that God is in heaven on His throne when we enter into the Lord's Prayer. And I think this is another one that could just stop us in our tracks. So our Father who art in heaven. Response number two. Let's move on. Hallowed be thy name. Our second uh, response of three responses, I think, is worship. Hallowed seems kind of like a, a foreign, different word to use, right? Hallowed is an old English word for the word holy. And holy means sacred. That means set apart. I love that definition, set apart. God, you're set apart. That's what we're really saying. It's a real declaration and statement of position. In Isaiah 55, 8, God says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways. God is clearly set apart from us. He's holy. Response number three is obedience. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I think the first part of that phrase is, uh, it means a couple things. Uh, I think number one, we're talking about Christ's return. Um, and then I think secondly, we're talking about, we're basically saying, God, may your name, may your story be made known to all and um, especially the story of your son, Jesus. I think we're saying, God, we want your story to be known. So the next phrase, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, we're basically saying, God, may all of your perfect ways happen here. I think it's good for us to pray that. You know, I think um, we're removing our ways and wants and asking God that he have his way. We're basically saying, God, whatever you want in that section of that prayer. All right, so that's the three responses. Let's talk about the three requests. Three responses of worship, and now three requests. The first one is provision. God, give us this day our daily bread. God, uh, would you provide for me what I need today? Not tomorrow. Remember 634 I mentioned earlier, talks about don't worry about tomorrow, just be concerned for the things of today. God's giving you a good head on your shoulders, gang. I'm going to say that another time in another one of these, but he wants you to move just as you're asking him to move. God helps people who cannot help themselves, and he helps people who can help themselves. The Old Testament Proverbs says, if a man is hungry, give him a sandwich. I'm paraphrasing. New Testament 1 Thessalonians says, if a man shall not work, he shall not eat. Which one is right? I think they're both right. You know, Democrats and Republicans argue over that. 
You know, I think um, somebody's hungry, give them something to eat. But at the same time, you know, our systems need to be so we're not uh, completely taken advantage of and things like that. We all know that. I think the encouragement here is that we have to do our part. And the only reason I think we're blessed with anything is to be a blessing in return. And so in a way, we're kind of praying, God, uh, what would you have for me today? What's your, in your box of chocolates for me today? Uh, give us this day our daily box of chocolates. Forest. <laughs> God's also called Jehovah Jireh. In Hebrew, that means uh, my provider. And uh, the Apostle Paul in Philippians 4 says, And my God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in, in Christ Jesus. I think it's super encouraging. Um, he'll provide all our needs. Not all of our wants, though. That's another story. All right, request number two. Let's move on. Um, the second request is about forgiveness. I'd love for us to pay special attention to this one because Jesus talks about it again in a couple verses. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. That was pretty self-explanatory, right? I mean, you don't have to uh, be a, a rocket scientist to figure that one out. Uh, we're encouraged to pray for pardon for our wrongdoings. And in turn, God will forgive us. So I'll flesh out forgiveness a little more as Jesus talks about it a, a little bit later. Request number three, protection. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. This is asking for God's protection. So we just got done praying and asking forgiveness. We move on and asking for God's help so we don't fall into sin again. And I think that last phrase has us asking God to help us to keep us so we're not assaulted by evil or the evil one. In Matthew 5, it says, if your right eye sins against you, gouge it out, for it's better to have one part of your body removed than for your whole body to be thrown into the depths of hell. Yeah. That's pretty severe. You know, I, I got to tell you, I, I've talked to, in my years in ministry, I've talked to a lot of guys, men and women, about just issues in their life and sin and things that get in their way. And I mentioned that Matthew 5 scripture because I've said, yo, if something's in your way, get it out of the way. You don't have to say, God, just help me get this out of the way. You know, you don't, you don't pull up to a, something in the middle of the road and go, Lord, would you remove this garbage bag from my thine presence? You get up and you move it. So I've talked to guys about, I've like, been like, yo, dude, you know, uh, get rid of your smartphone. Get rid of your home computer if you're looking on things on the internet that you feel like you shouldn't be looking at. Talk to some women about uh, gossip. I don't know why gossip is a big thing with women, uh, but it just is. And I'm not saying it is. It's just my experience of talking to some people. Like, yo, don't badmouth your husband. Don't badmouth your boyfriend before you have a chance to go talk to him and work that out. You know, don't talk to your girlfriend about stuff like that. So if your right eye sins against you, pluck it out, move it. Again, remember that God's giving you a good head on your shoulders thing? He wants you to move as much as you're asking him to move. I think it's really important to be proactive in some of those steps uh, on the offense. It's a good reminder. And then there's this doxology, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Um, that's, it ends the Lord's Prayer, and it was added some days around the early days of the church of the early church. You know, doxology is like a, a hymn-like ending. Uh, when some people mention uh, doxology, they think the, praise God from whom all blessings flow, praise Him all. The old one you sang probably growing up at church, either at the end of the service or during the offering. But this doxology is not part of Scripture. It was just tacked on. Um, I think it's a great statement, but they're basically just tacking it on to give, give God glory. And it's a beautiful thing. But again, I just want to remind her, just as a fun fact, uh, it's not part of Scripture. Okay, so that's the actual Lord's Prayer. 
We'll close out uh, this Scripture portion with what Jesus says about forgiveness in verses 14 and 15. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you don't forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Another time. Yeah. That's pretty wild. Um, You know, I think that uh, what Jesus is saying in his teaching uh, is how to approach God and how to talk to him. He, he focuses us on forgiveness. He's not, you know, we've talked about worship and prote- uh, protection and provision, all those things. We're not focused on any of those things. Jesus, Jesus focuses on this one. I think probably because it's the hardest for us is my guess. Who knows? But I, what I think, what I love what Jesus is saying here is like, you know what? If God's going to scratch you your back, you scratch his back. You know what I'm saying? I think we've got to do our part. I think, I think in prayer, God is calling us to do our part. We've heard that a few times this morning. So I want to point out something really important here. These next few minutes are probably the most important part of this message. So if you've not listened to anything, listen, listen to me now. Wake up. All right, this is the most important part of the message right here. If you've not heard anything, hear this. <laughs> I think Jesus is necessarily teaching that our eternity with God in heaven is based on our forgiving other people. That happened already. Uh, an act of forgiveness happened already, forgiving our sin, everybody else's sin when Jesus died on the cross. But I think it's pretty clear that Jesus is saying that our standing with God it won't be as solid if we don't forgive other people in the same way that he's forgiven us. It makes you wonder, is, I don't know, is blessing withheld? I, I don't know. We'll never know those things this side of heaven. So it does beg a question, though. Jeez, wouldn't we want to be uh, as obedient to our Creator in a way that positions us to not only be in good relationship with Him, but to also be in His favor and be blessed by Him so that He can be used by Him for His glory? I think the Bible's pretty clear that God has forgiven us our sins through Christ's death on the cross, and that's a pretty big deal, like I said before. And somebody had to pay for all this, right? Somebody had to... Somebody had to pay for wrongdoing. There's a yin and yang to, wrong, to right and wrong. You know what I mean? Um, reminds me of a short story. My grandma grew up in the hills of Tennessee, and my great-grandpa, uh, he owned the general store. He was justice of the peace. He was the fill-in preacher. He was kind of like the dude in town. And uh, so my grandma is in the store, and she runs over and sees a little piece of candy, and she takes it, and she steals it. And my grandma, her, her mother saw it, my great-grandmother. And she's like, hmm. So she goes over to her husband, and they say, uh, what do you think we should do? And uh, they're commiserating for a while, and my great-grandpa walks over and says to my grandma, he says, Bonnie Jean, I saw you take that piece of candy, and so did your mother. She said, you did that, didn't you? She went, mm-hmm. <laughs> he said, now somebody's got to pay for that. And she goes, Mm-hmm. And so he says, I want you to, this is what I want you to do. I want you to go outside and cut a switch off the tree, a twig. That's what they said in Tennessee, a switch. And he says, I want you to bring it into me. And they would like whip your, like your legs with it. It wasn't like this, I don't know, it's weird. I don't know, but it, it stung. It like uh, happened to me a few times by my grandparents. <laughs> I will not do that to my child. <laughs> but um, so she comes back in, brings the twig, gives it to him. And he says, okay, well, you know, remember I said somebody's got to pay for this. She's going, mm-hmm. And uh, he gives her the twig, gives her the branch. 
And uh, he kind of shows his bottom side, leans over a chair, and he says, all right, lay it on me. <laughs> She's holding this twig, and she goes, ah, and just drops it and just runs away, freaks her out. And I thought, oh, man, what a lesson. That is amazing that, uh, that he did. Um, you know, we often don't talk about the parts of the Bible where, uh, that call for the balance to wrongdoing, uh, that call for repentance or a, for a humble heart. I know that I can speak mainly about the, the encouraging parts of God and Christ, but guys, there's something to be said about standing before a holy, hallowed, set-apart God that made it so we could have forever in paradise. And I think that's the beauty of the Christian life, that this cost, we didn't have to pay for it. So here, here it is. God made us. He asks certain things of us. We don't come through. We do whatever we want most times. And he says, like my, grand, my great-grandpa Phillips, somebody's got to pay for this. That's a big deal. He says, you don't have to. I'll send my son to pay your debt for you. I think my grandma's response could probably be the way all of us respond uh, to the story of the cross and taking our place. I hope this is all meaningful for you to hear today as we kind of break all of it down and uh, you're encouraged by Jesus to live a life of forgiveness that, uh, so we too can be forgiven by the Father. So as we think about this whole Lord's Prayer thing, I suppose it's good for us to ask a few questions. So how often is your prayer life filled with just requests versus the responses? What if we balanced our, our requests with our responses of worship in a way where we thank God in prayer and honor Him. I suppose we become less of a consumer and it's more about God and who He is and what He's done already. And I guess what if praying to God became more of a holy act? Something where we really acknowledge Him, like I said, what He's done, what, he, what He's doing. Guys, what if we're brutally honest with God and just tell Him how much we've blown it? What if we sincerely cried out to God in a way every day that told him how much we needed him? Amy and Sam, if you guys are backstage, go ahead and come out. Um, I've asked my wife, Amy, to write a song for us today in response to the Lord's Prayer. And uh, she wrote it just a few days ago, and she's going to play it for you today. Um, I, hope, I hope it's been good uh, for you to break down the Lord's Prayer and think about some of these things. You know, I want to encourage you, too. If you have kids, if you have little ones, um, write these six things down on a piece of paper or put them on the fridge. And if you pray at night before dinner, uh, we do as a family, um, maybe pick one of these six days if your children can understand. Our daughter's too young right now, but if your children can understand, um, maybe pick one of those six and, and pray through one of those six things. It's a great way to keep the Lord's Prayer in front of you and keep the Lord's Prayer in front of uh, the littles, I think, as well. Yeah, so I hope you think about responses and requests when you think about the Lord's Prayer now. I hope every time you approach God in prayer, when you're filled with words to say, and even if you don't have anything to say, if you don't even know what to say to God, this is a perfect way uh, to pray. Really glad we had time to share in that today, guys. So we're going to kind of creatively end the service a little differently. I'm going to pray, and I would love for you to just pray with your eyes open and pray along with me as if, this is your prayer. I love that.
God, good morning. Before I ask you for anything or do anything else of significance today, I, I just want to tell you I'm grateful for you, that you're my father and I love you. God, there's no one else above you. I just want to thank you for all you've done in my life. I just want to acknowledge that I know you're in heaven hearing me now and, and through your spirit, I thank you for that. You're greater than anything this world has to offer. God, I'm so aware today that you're so very different than me. You're just set apart. You're holy. Your ways aren't my ways. I'm really grateful for that. It's nice to not be in charge. So I commit today that, that I will worship you and I will serve you. I know there's going to day, there's going to be a day uh, when you come back for me again. I'm grateful for it. But until that day comes, I pray you find me and the rest of your children following you, listening to you, and helping people understand your story and living in such a way that I hope makes you proud. God, I've got so many needs for me and for my family. I've got so many wants, and you know that. Sometimes I just, I get them confused. So help me to just trust in you to meet my needs. Help me to be thankful when, when you give me those things that I just want to. And today I ask your blessing on my friends and my family. God, I love them so much. I pray you give them what they need for today. God, you know I've blown it so many times today. I've only been awake for a few hours. I'm sorry. Thanks for your forgiveness. I don't deserve it, and I don't take it for granted. I've been holding on to that thing that my buddy said a few weeks ago. I've got to call him and tell him it's all right. Just forget about it. Help me do that, God. Give me the words to say. I'm going to do it. Please. Oh God, as I start today out, I, I'm just reminded that the world, this world is filled with so many spiritual potholes and things that can lure me away from you and your ways. Help me to be wise and to move the things I can move. And God, would you just help me to walk in such a way to, where I won't stumble so much? It'd be really great. Thanks.
hope you've experienced something so special today from the divine. And um, if that's something uh, you need to do something about it, uh, our faith is uh, personal, uh, but it's not, it doesn't have to be so private. We can talk to you about it. If it's something you want to pray about. Pastor Dan's here. I'm here. If it's something you'd like to pray about today, we certainly would love to do that. Love to walk the journey with you. Pastor Dan is going to be preaching next week on the song 10,000 Reasons that many of us know and love so very much as we continue our More Than a Song series. So as we prepare to be dismissed, would you stand? So like the ending of the Lord's Prayer, we'll wrap up our time to get today honoring God together through this doxology. Can we read this together? Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. God bless you guys. Thanks. Yeah.